Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Truth, No Bullshit. Uh, we are one brother short this morning. Um, Antonio was unable to make it due to some unforeseen circumstances. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Antonio ain't here? No, no, he's not. Well, so that means it's just you and Rain, right? Uh, yes, 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 it is. What, what, it, well, what do you need, Rochelle? Um, I got a song I want to sing. You sing? Yeah, I sing. Look Bruh. I told you, don't use that word on this podcast, especially towards me. You will get slapped. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. But let me let me bust this song right quick. And I'm going to dedicate this to Rain. You heard me? I'm going to dedicate this to Rain. All right, okay. Rain, you okay with this? I'm okay, Roseanne. Let me hear this. All right. I see the clip. Wait, hold. <clears throat> me, 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 me. You got it together now? Yeah, I got it. I got it. You gonna play the music? No, I ain't playing no music. This is your idea. It ain't got nothing to do with this. Bruh, you said you were gonna play. I didn't say nothing. I didn't even know you were coming on here this morning. What are you talking about? All right, all right, then that's how you're gonna do me. No problem, no problem. I got this. Shoot. I see the crystal raindrops fall, and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. Uh, Rosam, no, no, bruh, I'm sorry. That's not gonna cut it. That's not gonna. Well, that's just something wrong with my throat. No, there's just something wrong with your voice. <laughs> let's, just get it, let's just keep it real. You ain't got it. But, Rain, what you think? What you think? I dedicate that song to you. No, well, let um, me just do the chorus. Let me just do the chorus. <sighs> let him do the chorus, Rod. Let him do the chorus on me. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us, just the two of us, building those castles in the sky. Just the two of us, you and I. All right. Okay, Roseanne, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. See, he was trying to show and he got his throat together. Yep, told you, told you. All right, I'm going to go back on to my executive producing role, and y'all do a, y'all do a good show. And tell Antonio he's not getting paid for not showing up. Yes, sir. I'll make sure he knows. No problem. First mm-hmm. job. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. And welcome again to the Gospel Truth. No bullshit. That was my other side, Rojan Petty, the brother from some other, as we call him now. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So, how are we today? Some other mother, just some other. Yeah, he's just some other. He is just some other. Right. Oh, goodness. So awesome. So, I am great today. What about you? I'm doing, doing, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. I got some noise running through my house called Granddaughter, who will be five months tomorrow. So, oh. Yeah. I call her, uh, what's that I call her? My daughter doesn't like uh, crying Emma. Doesn't crying. take much. Crying <laughs> Emma. Yep. <laughs> she is mad oh, at me, too. Don't tell her that. Don't tell her stop crying then, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's too funny. But they go through that phase. So I completely understand. Yeah, she doesn't do it. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. She'll cry with me, too. But, Lord. At first, I just thought it was the mom and the dad don't know what they're doing. Now, I see, um, all three of them, none of them know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, but our brother Antonio had, um, something that came up this morning and he's not able to be with us today, but we opted to come on and do our best with the two of us. We did. We did. And so here we are. I, yes. Yes, we are. I know you've had a lot going on and I don't know if you want to share that with us. So I don't want to bring it up. I'll let you bring it up if you decide. Um, I know you've had a lot going on recently. Mm-hmm. Definitely have had. Is there something else I can help with? Oh, Lord. No, Siri, that's nothing. 
also to say, is that Alexa? No, that's Siri, huh? Yeah, that's Siri, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Tell Siri, mind her business. We record, and she worse than Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Completely. <laughs> Completely. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. So yeah, I have... um. Definitely have had a lot, lot, lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. I am back in school for one. So um, even though I haven't officially started, like there's some pre-work that I had to do, um, mm-hmm. some pre-work that I had to do, like um, to, you know, beforehand. But um, like I officially start in April, but, um, you know, they have different tasks and things like that. Um, and, and uh, like, there's this, there was something else I had to write up and all this stuff to qualify for the program that I wanted to enter into and all this stuff. So I had a little mm-hmm. pre-work too, so I got accepted. And so now um, I have my orientation in April, and then I'm about to go ahead and try to bust out these two years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, and so, is, uh, you'll be getting your master's. I have my master's already. I oh. wanna, yeah. So okay, I will be getting my doctorate in Christian ministry. I mean, Christian counseling. Excuse me. In Christian counseling. I'm, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will be able to call you Doctor Rain. Very soon, God willing. Yes. <laughs> God is willing. God is willing. <laughs> Well, my mind will, and I, let me put it that way. <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah, so um, that's the next phase. I had been going back and forth, going back and forth on whether I wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And my kids, they feel like they just need to stay one level behind me. They don't, you know, like I want them to surpass me, but they feel like they're not really fans of school like that. So when I, mm-hmm. you know, when I stopped, when I said, you know what, maybe I'll just stop at, stop at my master's, my son was like, okay, cool, I can just stop at my bachelor's then. So I said, oh, you're not going to go through your master's? <laughs> and he was like, no. He was like, I watched you get your master's. That was a lot of work. And I said, oh, okay. So um, I said, so you just want to be, what, one level behind me? He was like, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to take it to the next level so you can take it at least to your master's. So he was like, yeah, not right. So, um, so we'll see what he does, but I know um, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, um, so I have a, I have a counseling practice already. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, like all my businesses have picked up, you know, so like everything kind of took a hit during the pandemic, but of as of late, everything has picked up. Like the shop is booming. My mm-hmm. counseling business is booming. And of course, um, this is the aftermath of the pandemic that the counseling business is booming because people being in the house with people for almost two years and even mm-hmm. still kind of a lot of businesses have still have people working from home. So right. just having that being confined with people that you love <laughs> for these long mm-hmm. periods of time, you're really getting to know them, know them in ways that you didn't know them. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's been a lot of growth there. Um, I had a couple deaths in the family again. Um, mm-hmm. My mom has been ill, so I, that's another. My mom is not here, so checking on her is a remote process or whatever. So um, it's just, it's been a lot. Like, life happens, and when it happens, it don't happen, like, one thing at a time. It's mm-hmm. always a long process, and so... Yeah, as they say, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, man. Yeah. So it comes in bunches. Yeah, it's a guy at my church that likes to say, he sings this song, and every mm-hmm. time before he sings the song, he's like, we always come in, going into a storm or coming out of one. And, like, that thing resonated with me so different this month, you know, these past couple months. I was like, he is so, so right. Well, um, if that is true, then, if that is true, and I would mm-hmm. like to hope it isn't, when do we get to, no, we're being serious, right? No. You, when When is there peace? And don't get me wrong, I understand you can have peace in, you know, no matter what storm you're going through, right? Mm-hmm. You can have peace in the midst of the storm, 
But mm-hmm. can you not just for a minute have a st- not have a storm? I think that it we shouldn't be. It shouldn't be okay. I finished this storm. What's next? Because to well, me, in a way, you're speaking that into existence. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm this mm-hmm. is just my thought. Yeah, so looking at it in context, you're going into one or coming out. When you come out, you could be coming out into your time of peace. So I think that we go, there are seasons, there's literally a season of everything. And sometimes there is a season when we're going through and, you know, we may have a moment of peace. um, But I really think that um, for me, our peace comes with our come with our connection, our connection with God, because even when we're going through things, um, to for me personally, I go through stuff and still have peace um, with a lot of different things that I go through, unless it's just something really extreme or unexpected or out the blue or devastating. You know, my mindset is life happens. And if you're not built for life, then, you know, you may feel like you're in a storm all the time or you may, you right. know, but think in terms of rain, right? When it, when we literally have a rainstorm, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You might get a little wet or whatever if you go out in it, but the storm produces some positive things. You know that the ground is getting water, things are starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when we experience storms in life. You know, you go through things and there should be some positives that come out of it. It shouldn't be something that is always viewed as negative. So I feel like we should be able to find peace in the midst of a storm because there should be some growth and some development happening within us as we're dealing with the challenges that life brings us. That's just how I look at it. Gotcha. So I think things all matter. We always talk about perspective, right? It's always a matter mm-hmm. of a person's perspective, right? And mm-hmm. if you have a negative perspective and you look at things from a negative point of view and always have put a negative connotation on things, then guess what? You're always going to, you know, like, and you see that with people that play that victim role often, you know, everything is happening to them. Oh, woe is me. Why is me? Right. And then you have people that go through stuff and they're like, you know, hey, this is life. Or let's just chalk it up to the game. Tomorrow will be a better day. Let's see how we can do things different. Let's see how we can make this better. Like, what could I have done differently? Maybe I couldn't have done anything differently. So what was this supposed to teach me? Maybe it was somebody else's actions. You know what I mean? So what do I need to look for in other people when it comes to these types of situations? So it's all about, for me, perspective, mindset, and how you look at things. So. And yeah. for each person to be able to look at that depends upon where they are spiritually yeah. as well as uh, sometimes intellectually as well. And you know, knowing where you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And funny. everyone handles is everyone handles things differently, and everyone That's is funny. equipped to handle things differently. Different. Exactly. So we can go That's through the exact same situation and handle mm-hmm. it differently based upon mm-hmm. the tools that we have. Right. And I can go through, like, we could go through the same thing and that thing might break me and you walk Mm -hmm. right through it like it's nothing, you know, but like you said, to Mm -hmm. your point, we're all built different, you know, like everybody doesn't have the same stamina and strength to be able to deal with conflict and and stuff like that. So, um, and challenges. So absolutely definitely agree with that. Yeah. Even in situations, you know, like with your siblings, you can come mm-hmm. from the same womb and the same seed. And mm-hmm. still, one of the things I've learned, you know, each child is different. Mm-hmm. Each child is different. Um, yeah, we we had this conversation often, me and my younger sister, because we're like, how do people grow up in the exact same household, mm-hmm. exact same household, with the same parents, <laughs> and just mm-hmm. come out totally different, right? And... um. <clears throat> She asks me that all the time because we have a sister that, you know, we pose this question about all this stuff. <laughs> uh, the black sheep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, believe it or not, I'm actually the You're black sheep. You're the black sheep. sheep. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm the black oh, sheep. This sister, she's just, she's the problem child. But um, she, but, but oddly enough, she is not the one that's considered the black sheep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. not, not for my mom anyway. Maybe she's the black sheep for my dad and I'm the black sheep for my mom. But right. 
But it's it's just very interesting. And we sit back and we're like, how do we have the same parents raised in the same house and just come out totally different, different mindset, different way, you know, of thinking, different ways to handle things. I mean, just completely different. And, um, right. you know, we used to constantly ask that, you know, ask that question and not have an answer. But now I, um, now I tell her, um, cause she's, she brought it up like last week. She was like, cause they were going through something with her last week. And I told her, I said, you know what, really and truly, um, our parents are not only influenced. You know, we are influenced by so many other things outside of our home, especially growing up as a kid, the friends that we choose to allow into our circle, the different things that we allow into our spirit and we watch and we um, listen to and we buy into, you know, those are the types of things that impact who we are as people and then how we deal with things um, like you know, again, like if you play the victim role, if you have never been, um, and then also your parents. So, and I told her some of it has to do with our parents raising her because we were always held accountable where she was not, you know, she was at one point, she was the youngest for several years before the actual youngest came along. So I said, mm, so okay. there was some spoiling that went on with her that didn't go on with the older children or whatever. So she mm-hmm. wasn't taught to be held accountable because she could do stuff we couldn't do. Like I rem- I can remember clear as day, like yesterday, my grandfather had this blue Lincoln, sky blue Lincoln, and that heifer wanted something from my grandfather. <laughs> and she walked up on my grandfather's car, our major. I mean, she literally stood up on the um the with the front part, um the bumper part. Mm-hmm. She stood up, used it like a step, then climbed up on the hood on the hood and walked up to the the roof of the car and sat up there and was like, "I'm gonna sit here till you give me what I want and I'm not leaving." If I had done that, wow. my mother would have snatched me by my collar and beat me all the way back into the house and curse me from here to next year. But she did that, and my mother, and I still remember, and this is why I remember so well, because I was shocked at my mom's response. Mm -hmm. My mother was just like, um, no, she's going to sit there because it needs to be fair. You need to treat her the same way you treat the boys, because my grandfather, he was, they used to accuse him of favoring the boys, but, you know, when you get older, you see really what it is. The boys work with him in his business. He was, you know, he, they, my grandparents both had their own business. My grandmother had a hair salon, and my granddad, he had a trash truck company. So the boys mm-hmm. worked with him with a trash truck, you know what I'm saying? So he gave them a little money. You know, that was their job. Like, they had jobs with their family. So he gave them money. You know, um, he would do things for them, you know, because they worked really hard and stuff like that. And so my brother was on the truck. Well, my brothers was on the truck. My uncles were on the truck. And they worked hard, and they came home stinking. So, yeah, they deserve a little money for what they do. But she supposed to just get money for being disrespectful? No. Mm-mm. Right, right. <laughs> my granddad was like, you know, and my grandfather and his um, – they were quiet men. It, you know, it was funny because, like, nowadays you would probably you try to diagnose them with something and say, oh, they got autism or they got this or they got that. You would have said something was wrong. So that's how quiet they were. Like, my right. grandfather, he didn't talk unless, you know, he rarely talked. And when he did talk, it was, like, with purpose. You know, he didn't waste his words or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he would just say, you know, like, you know, make a comment and stuff like that. And then he would, you know, keep it moving or whatever. But, um, his brother, his other brother just never spoke. You asked him for something. He'd just look at you. He may sit there for 10, 20 minutes while he processed whether he going to give you what you asked for or not. And then just hand it to you and just be like, yeah. And then, (laughs) (laughs) but they were like men. So when his, you know, when my mom and them would rebel, he would let my grandmother deal with that. He didn't even, like, say anything. And, like, when my um, sister did that, I was looking for him. And I was like, this is going to be the day. He is going to say something today. He didn't say a word. He looked at my grandma. He was like, cat. That's what he called my grandmother. Cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and I just laughed so hard because my mom was sitting there promoting it. And so, you know, like I told my sister, you got to kind of look at things, um, go back and look at stuff and see where the, um, where the little nuggets of, um, acting up could have happened. 
because mm-hmm. the like I'm like okay that's where she fell short. It was my mama get some credit. Um, my father he was always a disciplinarian with all of us. He didn't tolerate no disrespect. Like I think I told mm-hmm. you, my father one time he ain't never had to hit me again. <laughs> <laughs> The only time my daddy ever had to spank me, and he didn't spank me, he just slapped me one time, and I never tried that man again. Never tried him again? <laughs> mm. Nope. So, nope. I get the impression you're a daddy's girl. I am. Like, my dad you is are. like, mm-hmm. yeah, my dad and I are real talk, tight. We talk every day. Okay. Man, so I'm pretty sure, okay, like you said, he only hits you once, right? But mm-hmm. And I should, hit is probably a bad word to use. But no, usually with, with academy. Academy. <laughs> <laughs> usually so with true. daddy girls, they are spoiled to the T. And, um, you know, daddy doesn't have to, if he scolds, not raise, not even raise his hand, but just scolds, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts. And yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah. That's the end of it. Yeah. Because you don't want to disappoint them. You know what I mean? You work hard mm-hmm. to to gain their favor and stuff, so you don't want to disappoint them or whatever. Yeah, my right. thing with my dad, um, yeah, he never, like, my dad, he never had to, like, um, he's never really had to, he, he, he didn't spoil me either. You know, most people feel like, oh, you must have been spoiled by your dad and your sister by your mom. My dad is big on accountability. That's one thing he was consistent with mm-hmm. us about. Now, I will say, though, whatever I need, I can get from my father, whereas the mm-hmm. rest of them can't. And is, and so people will say, like my siblings will say, oh, he favors you, you're spoiled, da 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 But it's not mm-hmm. that. The difference is um, I make sure that I contact my father. If, you know, like on my dad's birthday, like if you don't call my dad except for when you want something, you can't get anything from him. But I talk I about it about like that. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, and so that's just, he has those boundaries in place. It's like, don't mm-hmm. call me just when you need something. Call me and say, hey, if he asks, like, my siblings are there with my parents. So if my father calls and say, hey, let's go have dinner in a movie, and every time he calls you, invites you to dinner or a movie, or invites you to come over to his house and hang out, and you never show up, then no. And it, But you call him when you need tires on your car, or you call him when you need money. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you anything. He's going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. well, well, whoever you be with or whoever you dealing with, that's their responsibility. I'm not doing it. You know? Right. And he's staying ten toes down on that because he feels like, hey, this is not um, this is not how a parent-child relationship works. You don't just call me when you need something. Not when you're grown. You don't just call me when you need something. You should interact with me. But me, whenever I come to town, I make sure I see my dad. I make sure we spend time together. I talk mm-hmm. to him every day, even though I'm in it. I talk to him more than them, and they live in the same state with him. I see him more than them, mm. and I'm not in the same state. So that's a problem mm. for him. Ah, yeah, that is a problem. Yeah, is a so problem. you can him and ask him for nothing. And so let me ask you this. How, how your sibling's relationship with mom, is it different than with, with, everybody your, with your dad? With her. Everybody live with her. Oh, everybody lives with her. Okay, <laughs> okay, gotcha. Gotcha, so yeah, it's tragically different. Okay. Yeah. okay. Everybody live with her driving her crazy. So I was just wondering maybe if, you know, they were treating both parents the same or closer to mom than they are to dad. Mm, so, they don't, but yeah, well, it's obvious. They're closer to mom. Yeah, my, I wouldn't say that that one that we was talking about earlier is close to mom because she just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing that one that we were talking about earlier. Oh, my yeah. God. That's how you name them. <laughs> she make my mom life a living hell. Um, but wow. It's it's crazy how she just uh she drive my mom nuts, but um mm-hmm. you know it is what it is. He won't do that to my father. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to show you, um, contrast. You had said you had sent. We were texting last week, you and I. You had said mm-hmm. something about your mother, and I said, I don't know if that's something. I can't relate to that. I can't speak to that because mm-hmm. of, you know, my relationship with my mom. And, of, of course, as you know, my mom, it'll be uh, two years this July since she passed. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell her all the time, I'm your best child. But mm-hmm. she would never, she never had favorites. 
mm-hmm. the reason why she never had favorites is because of my grandmother. My grandmother had three. My mother was the middle child, and she had two brothers. Um, the oldest brother is deceased, and that's who my grandmother favored, favored right? Mm-hmm. And then, but then when I came along, my grandmother continued the trend. I was the favorite one. And when I say mm-hmm. I was the favorite one, I could have really taken advantage of her in so many ways, you know, for money, things I wanted and stuff like that. But I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it, you know, because at the same, although I was spoiled, don't get me wrong, although I was spoiled, I was also held accountable for things. And, you know, try, you know, they tried to raise a responsible person. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't see playing, playing anybody like that, not anybody I care about, especially. So, mm-hmm. but my grandmother, she had favorites. My mother, who she had four, but she said, I love all my children the same. And she did. And, mm-hmm. and, but I would tell her all the time, I'm your best child. No, you're not my best child. All my children are good children, right? <laughs> so, but one of the things she did teach me, though, each child is different. And here, so here's where she would point out differences. She said, I would let you take the car. Talking about me. She said, I would let you take the car because I know if I tell you what time to come back, you're going to come back at that specific time, not a minute later. And if I need gas, you're going to make sure there's gas in the car. See, if I let mm-hmm. one of those girls come out, and I have three sisters, if I let one of those girls come out, take my car, ain't no telling when they're coming back. <laughs> you know, she said that it's just a difference between, you know, sometimes it's a difference between boys and girls, and then just sometimes it's a difference between each person in particular. Mm-hmm. So it just depends um, on how uh, – some of it has to do with how you're raised. Some of it has to do with the relationship that's developed over time. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things um, my mother did that I, uh, she always, I used to get on her nerves about, she did not let me go see Prince on his Purple Rain tour. And I <laughs> held that, <laughs> you laughing, I held that against her. <laughs> okay. Oh, so no. She even asked me, you know, as, as it was getting close to her passing, she even asked me, she said, you still mad with me about that? I said, I'm not mad with you, but you should have let me go to that concert. So, you know, but, you know, she's one, her yeses were always yes, and her noes were always no. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. the sweetest woman I know. But when she said no, uh-uh, that's it. Ain't, if, if, if the answer is no, you can't sway her to a yes. My grandmother, depending if you're the favorite or not, you could sway it to a yes. Mm. So that's so interesting, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because normally you model what your parent does, especially daughters. They tend to model what their mothers do, and so the mm-hmm. fact that your yeah. grandmother was a, I got favors type, and your mom was like, no, and, and that's, that's why. That's exactly yeah. why she didn't do it. Like both of them were smokers, right? Um, mm-hmm. My grandmother, she liked uh, Territon One Hundred. And if they didn't have Territon 100s, then, then it was Territon. I know this mm-hmm. is the bile. My, grand, my mother smoked Salem. I don't, I don't know if it's Salem 100s or just Salem cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But she went cold turkey when I was about 10 years old. She just quit cold mm-hmm. turkey. And the reason why she quit was because she didn't want her children growing up smoking. Wow. Yeah, so she just quit cold turkey. My grandmother, she didn't quit until she got sick. She took sick. And by this time, I'm here in Georgia. And so she thought maybe she had cancer, but she something was going on with her throat. And that's what actually made her quit. And I was thinking all this damn time. And I grew up, you know, I grew up in a house with my grandmother. So it was um, <laughs> me, my sister, my mother, and my grandmother. And then my mom remarried and had two more. Uh, my other two sisters came along. So mm-hmm. when she would be sitting, and we live in what, what is called a shotgun house, right? Mm-hmm. Shotgun house, in case you're not familiar with it. If you go in through the front door of the house, you can see all the way to the back. <laughs> so, okay. And that, there's rooms off to the side most of the time. Or you're walking through rooms. So okay. my grandmother could, in the kitchen was in, actually in the back of the house. So my grandmother would be smoking a cigarette, sitting at the kitchen table, and there would be a line of smoke literally going through the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I used to think, damn, I'm going to grow up with, uh, I'm going to wind up having secondhand cancer or something like that, right? <laughs> this woman this woman does not quit smoking until she gets sick. I was like, wow. And never picked it up again. Never picked oh, it up goodness. again. 
And but she was a character. They can do that. Like I, mm-hmm. I have. My dad did the same thing with alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like how you just can stop drinking overnight, and people been telling you stop drinking all your life. So it's amazing <laughs> to me how people can just cut it off. If that's the case, you could have done that the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And see, you think when they say, uh, I can quit whenever I want to, you think, mm-hmm. nah, you're under control now. Right. Right. right, right, you're really under the control. But nah, maybe there's something to it. Maybe they really can't quit if they want to. Yeah, oh, and man. my dad was one of those people that was his favorite. Oh, I do this because I want to. I can quit whenever I want to. I, this thing don't right. control me. And sure <laughs> enough, sure enough, he quit when he wanted to. Right. Didn't have to tell. I'm like, Daddy, you gonna have to go to rehab. You gonna have to wean off for da 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 da. no, he didn't either. He said, "I'm quitting," and he did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you something else too. Interesting about my mother and my grandmother. The difference between them, and I, I love the contrast because it gave me a choice. So, like, okay, uh, girls, right? Bring girls home mm-hmm. to meet, meet uh, mom, grandmother, my dad. If my grandmother liked you, she liked you. If my grandmother didn't like you, she didn't like you. Now, here's the mm-hmm. caveat. She let you know one way or the other. Right. <laughs> she didn't play. But here's the worst part. If she liked you and then all of a sudden didn't like you, and the only reason why she wouldn't like you for some reason is she saw that you weren't good for me or you were using me or you were doing, you, you know, something about you that she, she didn't like for me. If you, Once you cross that line, that's actually worse than being disliked from the beginning because there ain't no coming mm-hmm. back from it. There ain't no coming back from it. But here's how my mother was. <clears throat> if my mother liked you, you could go and hang out with her. You know, if she's going to the mall and my sisters are going with her, you can go to the mall with them, right? She's going to sit down with you. If she's going, and then while you're out, if she's buying food to everybody, you're included in that. Here's what my mom did if she didn't like you. If you're at the house and she's getting ready to go somewhere, you need something, baby. Um, if she's getting ready to go to the mall, you can still go to the mall with her. You would never know that she didn't like you. I didn't know sometimes that she didn't like the girl until after it was over. <laughs> until after it was over. I had ex-girlfriends that she would still take to the mall. That was the oh, one what? she liked. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that was the one she liked. And, and sometimes I wouldn't know either I had to ask her or it was after the relationship was over. And then she would like, I don't know how in the world you stay with that girl so long. That, I'm like, why did you say something? She said, because you had to figure it out. That's just, and the reason why she was like that is because of how my grandmother was. My grandmother, if she didn't like you, you knew it, and you didn't want to come back to the house again. Right. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it was. And <laughs> I like, and I like having a choice of the two. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I like my grandmother's way. I think I favor my grandmother's way over my mother's. Yeah, I'd rather know than not know because mm-hmm. your mom is a, uh, was an S type personality. So that mm-hmm. S type of those people dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> we she learned would, about you that. would never know because she's going to yeah. treat you the same way no matter what. Yeah, it's like you know we learned about um, the different personalities. I like took this class and learned about the different personality types and stuff. And I'd be like, you know, when I learned about the S type person, I said, "Those people are dangerous. Why they just don't tell mm-hmm. me how they feel?" Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be dangerous. They don't play. Yeah, don't so play. that's that's interesting because I'd rather know where I stand with you than to mm-hmm. not to think we're in, we're good and really and truly is not what I think it is. Right. That is so funny. I'm like your grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, to, uh, to mm-hmm. the, I told my wife, I said, I, I like my grandmother's way better. I said, my mom, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. That's really nice and sweet and everything. But I said, that's my mom. Yeah. I, I, I can't do that. Cause yeah. just, so I kind of compare it to um, you know, you meet you meet somebody and you're trying to put on this facade to get them to like you and stuff. And then one day, the real you is going to show up. Then what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and because all this time they've just been speaking, hanging with your representative. But one day you're yeah. going to leave the representative at home, and the real you is going to come out. 
Then what? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. I know one thing um, for sure, like when you think in terms of like, um, so we think of, and like that's one of the things that um, that we experience, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. that's one of the things we experience with racism in this country, right? The mm-hmm. um, closet racism and stuff like that, they, you never know, you're working in the, you're working with them, you around them and all that kind of stuff, and they are, right. you know, all smiles and all nice and the next thing you know, boom, just like that. I'm like, oh, this person is they were the whole time. Mm. <laughs> Here's one thing I've discovered about racism in this country. Mm-hmm. It was Condoleezza Rice that said uh, that's America's birth defect, right, is racism. Oh, yeah. And the bottom line is no matter, no matter, you can see it in everything. And that's the sad part. There is no escape from it. I've just come to that. I've come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. There is no escape from it. And I don't think, I hope I'm wrong, but I do not think we'll ever overcome it. And the reason why we'll never overcome it is because there are forces that don't want it to be overcome, mm-hmm. for lack yeah. of a better word. It's just that simple. I don't disagree with you because I feel like people... You know, first it's a, you know it's a taught behavior, and people are going to continue to embed that in their children and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even seen situations where people, you know, like um, the next generation, they try to be, you know, they try to separate themselves from it because that's what their parents are doing, and this, that, and the third. But as soon as they have an experience that they're not pleased with, they revert back to their original teachings and stuff like that. So it's it's a very complicated issue. It's in our it's in the DNA of America. It's rooted in the DNA of America, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think you I have to agree with you. I don't think it's something that in our lifetime we'll ever see a um a res, a resolution to. And then one of the other things is all the microaggressions that we deal with within um, the workplace and all those different type you know those different settings. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody holds, there's no, typically no accountability in those situations. So it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. But um, I have to, I think I agree with you. And it's sad. And, uh, <clears throat> it is like sad. It is yeah, it is sad. And I wish, it, I wish it weren't true. But mm-hmm. how do you, how do you come from, who is it? In America, we are culturally conditioned to believe that white is superior and black is Mm -hmm. inferior, right? So Mm -hmm. if that's a cultural conditioning, that means it's embedded in uh, the fabric of America, right? Right. So if it's embedded in you that you are better than another group of people simply because of the color of your skin, nothing Mm -hmm. else has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with your intelligence, has nothing to do with the lack of, has nothing to do with your education, has nothing to do with your wealth, just due to the color of your skin. And as you know, as you grow as a person, you start seeing it doesn't matter how much money I have as a black man, right? Doesn't matter how mm-hmm. much money I have, doesn't matter how many degrees are behind my name, I'm still viewed first and foremost as nigger. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not trying to be vulgar or anything, but that's just the reality of it. I'm still okay. viewed as nigger. I've heard mm-hmm. stories about, you know, wealthy people, wealthy black people going on vacations in the Hamptons and someone who works there refers to them as nigger. You hear stories mm-hmm. like Bill Russell, who in my opinion is the greatest basketball player ever, not Michael Jordan. And no, I never saw Bill Russell play, just highlights. Mm-hmm. He won 11 championships in 13 seasons with the Boston Celtics. And someone mm-hmm. breaks into his home in Boston, doesn't take anything, but defecates in his bed. Oh, gosh. Mm, so, and and then, but I'm better you. But I'm going to defecate in your bed. and break into your house. And to show you how much I hate you, I'm not going to take a damn thing. I'm just going to make you not want to sleep in your bed. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, that's, that's, so in that respect, you can definitely say it's a sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they must have been related to ancestors of Amber Heard. <laughs> 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 <Right. laughs> 
<laughs> Came from that so. bloodline. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. You know, like um as as much progress as we like to think we've made, you know, mm-hmm. we are um given crumbs to keep us quiet and and we accept it and just kinda go with the flow of it all. So Yes. Yes. And those yeah. crumbs those crumbs as you put it comes in the form of a paycheck. Right? Exactly. Comes in the form <laughs> exactly. of millions of dollars, right? You can mm-hmm. uh, LeBron James, for example, he's now a billionaire. Jay Z, he's a billionaire. And yes, to a great degree, they are free. But as mm-hmm. some people have stated, and I think I just recently heard this about I'm watching the um, Hulu, I'm sorry, not, it's on Hulu, the 1619 Project. Mm-hmm. And so she's been attacking, well, not shouldn't say attack, but she's been discussing racism uh, a, you know, from a very different, different avenues. And mm-hmm. that, that's where I came to the conclusion, you know, that it'll, it'll never go away. When you look at the entertainment industry, right, not only mm-hmm. do we go through the same things that our, uh, as Antonio would say, our Caucasian brothers and sisters go through as far as having someone trying to, you know, take your money or you're getting addicted to drugs, but we also got paid less and get paid less. Although mm-hmm. no one loves, our, I'm sorry, black artists' music is the number one selling music. I don't care what it is we do. So there's, there's no genre to it. And there's no such thing as rock and roll is for white people and R&B is for black. Uh-uh, no. Music has always been music and it has always we've always been the originators mm-hmm. we have always been the originators mm-hmm. and so when you yeah and so um we're but we're always robbed little richard told us this, told us this all the time that yeah. they don't give me my credit yeah so it's um he was one of the more outspoken artists that would um kind of go toe to toe with the industry and call them out on those things yeah. like he would speak in court cases and let them know like you know um <laughs> who was stealing what from who you know he yep. was one of the ones that was bold enough to take those steps and make it happen for his peers so yeah Definitely, definitely, definitely um, appreciate people like him that aren't afraid to speak their mm-hmm. voice or be the voice um, that they need to be for their counterparts in, in this industry. Uh, who was that? I was just listening. I was listening to Drink Champs. They had George Clinton on as a guest. And mm-hmm. I could not wait. It was th- nearly three hours long. I could not wait to listen to see what this man had to say. And, you know, he's, I don't know how old he is, but of course he's an older man now. Um, But just to hear him talk about some of the things he's experienced uh, from a racial divide as well as from a musical side of it, we, you know, it's not just, remember you said, you said we do church wrong because we've been taught church wrong? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. One of the things he pointed out was, even in the black music industry, whether it be Motown, whether it be mm-hmm. some of the, the new uh, record labels that popped up that were black owned and black run, they repeated the exact same thing that was happening to other artists before them, mm. taking their money, right? Uh, right. George Clinton not getting paid for samples. Yeah. And admitting, and in the cast, the cast of Drink Champs, all they just, they, they admonished him. They admired him. They loved They gave him nothing but love, right? Nothing but love. Mm-hmm. Because hip-hop doesn't exist without George Clinton, without a James Brown, without a Prince, mm-hmm. without a Michael Jackson, you know, right. and a Jackson 5, you know, because, you know, hip-hop was built on sampling. Uh, Nile, right. Nile Rogers, he's in uh, the 1619 Project, and he talks about how disco all in one day was just destroyed, and now in band, and so now it just turns into quote unquote dance music. Because if you listen to Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, technically speaking, that's the end of the disco era, right? And mm-hmm. then going into what we call dance music. Um, 
Nile Rogers in the group uh, Chic. And what was good? Good times. Mm-hmm. These are the good times. Right? That song, mm-hmm. he said, he goes to a club, and you got different people rapping over that. Right? So he was so excited. Then he goes to another club. He hears people rapping over it. He's still excited. Goes to another mm-hmm. club one day. He hears a, his song being, that song being played. There's somebody rapping over it, but there's nobody in the club with a mic in their hand. Someone went and recorded it, and he's like, oh, no, wait, <laughs> what happened? He wasn't, right. he wasn't getting paid. He wasn't getting right. paid for it. So, and so he had to go to court for that. Um, Rick James had an issue with being sampled until he found out uh, not only was, did Hammer have another hit, but he was getting some of that. He was repercussion. He was getting um, funds from that, from that hit. And now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, now we rediscover Rick James. Mm. So <clears throat> we went through, despite the fact that we are putting out the hits and putting out music that people love, we were also doing the same things to our artists, robbing them. Yeah. It's, um, and it's interesting, something that you had said about, like, being free, right? Like, you were mm-hmm. talking about... Um, Michael Jordan, I'm mean, not Michael Jordan, LeBron James and um, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, like, um, mm-hmm. freedom. You can put Michael Jordan in that, because I'm pretty sure yeah. he's a billionaire. Yeah, but, like, when it comes to, like, that status, right, the billionaire status, right, mm-hmm. am I, are they billionaires on paper? Um, but, re- are, like, will their situation change if they go too far left like it did with Kanye West? You know what I'm saying? Kanye was in the billionaire status, but when he started to speak out and stuff like that, his money was really tied up in these other areas and these other places. So what happened, They just like that overnight, he was no longer a billionaire because they snatched back and, you know, basically started trying to fight him and stuff like that with the money that he had, like, basically because of his relationship with Adidas. So, like, mm-hmm. if if a LeBron James or a Jay-Z went too far left, are they is their stuff tied up in a way that that money could be snatched back from them if they were to speak out on issues and or they were to become, like, more of an activist or take more of an activist role and try to fight for people and, and things like that? Would they still... Um, be a billionaire. So I say that to say, like, are they really free? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. people thought Kanye was free. And then and even though he still got money, enough money that he's cool, you know what I mean? He don't, he doesn't have to worry about anything, I would think. Um, he's not a billionaire anymore, but he does have enough money that he's okay. Because a lot of times that money is tied up in assets and this and that, or, right. you know, that's your, that's your, um, your value on paper, but your um, that's not your liquid value. Is what it, that's your assets and stuff like that, but that's not your liquid value. So, like, cash mm-hmm. on hand, you don't have a billion dollars in the bank or $4 billion in the bank. That's your, your price on – that's who you are um, – that's your price. That's who, how much money you're worth on paper based on your mm-hmm. assets and your portfolio. But when you come, when it comes to liquid funds or whatever, like stuff, that, actual money on hand that you can touch, it's not like really a billion dollars, like that you can go into the bank and withdraw or whatever. So I wonder, are the LeBron Jameses and the Jay Zs of the world really as free as we think they are, or are mm-hmm. they billionaires on paper? And liquid maybe fall down in that millionaire status. So they're not the choice to not lose that as well. As you were as you were posing that question, to me, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Does money actually free you? Mm-hmm. Well, to me it doesn't. There there's your answer. So if money mm-hmm. doesn't actually free you, then it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or how much money you're quote unquote worth. Whether mm-hmm. you're a billionaire uh, or a millionaire, because even mm-hmm. after Kanye went broke, I mean, he was broke in his quote-unquote status. He was no longer a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it ain't like he had to all of a sudden get a nine-to-five. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So he, he's, still out, he's still out and about running his mouth. And, yeah. But does money actually set you free? And I think the answer to that is as simple as you put it. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It For doesn't. me, I think freedom comes with you freedom comes with with the mind right being able to feel confident and comfortable enough 
to say and do what you feel is right within yourself, regardless of the consequences, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's why most people, like, you know, they say, you know, we had, uh, when we were working at the dungeon, or when I was working at the dungeon, I don't know if mm-hmm. I was, um, I don't think I, I may not have known you then. I don't think I knew you then, but mm-hmm. I was working at the dungeon and um, there was this, we had got this director and he, like, he would say whatever he wanted. And a lot of the stuff that he said aligned with what the, you know, the floor said, you know, how we would say this process is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. He would go and, you know, the upper people, they wanted things to be done their way, even though it didn't make sense, but they were so far disconnected, you know, it didn't, right. it, it didn't matter to them. They just wanted it done their way, even though it was just ridiculous to do it that way. But this guy used to always go against him. And we used to always say, he's not going to last long because you know, they don't like for you to talk back. You know, they don't like you to push back on them. And he was like the king of pushback. We called him the king of pushback. And he walked around there like he didn't have a care in the world. Like, um, I don't care if I lose his job or whatever. I'm going to say what I want to say, do what I want to do, how I want to do it. Right. And uh, one of my Stop right there. Stop right there for a second. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's freedom. Yeah. Oh, we could tell he was free. And one of my coworkers was like, I wonder why he takes that stance. I said, um, so I told my coworker, I said, you want me to tell you why I think he takes that stance? He was like, why? I said, because he don't need this job. He don't need this job. I said, either he got some money, like this man either has some money and he don't need this job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you can right. tell the difference in people that rely on that job. They are very compliant. Because, again, when we talk about new age slavery, right, when we talk mm-hmm. about what it looks like, it's us being tethered and dependent upon a paycheck from some institution that's not our own. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this man, the way he was moving, we could tell. And so when he got fired, which he did, we knew he would. When he got mm-hmm. fired, we ran into him somewhere, me and that coworker. We were out somewhere and we saw him. And we asked them straight up, like, um, why did you, you know, like you were like one of the only directors that we had that really listened to us, really sided with us and really pushed for us. Why did you do that knowing that, you know, the risk that, you know, it would pose to you? He was like, because it was the right thing to do. And he was like, I don't need no job. He was like, I hadn't worked in years, but he was like, he wanted to make a difference and um, in something, you know, so he was like, he mm-hmm. went into corporate thinking he could make a difference in something or whatever. Um, he mm-hmm. saw an opportunity and he took it. But that man, we knew that man has, I knew that man has the money. And my son, when I told um, my coworker slash friend that my friend agreed with me, like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And sure enough, that man has some money. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about, but I don't mm-hmm. know him by name. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I know him by face. I think I know who you're talking about because you said mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. He was the director. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but he did not last long. Hmm. But he was definitely, definitely for, you know, um, for the um, for changes for the for the people, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how it could be, but you know, most people won't speak up because they're like, I if I say too much then I might get fired or if I do too much, then this is what the consequence is gonna be and they you can't really be who you are or really stand in your truth when you're dependent when you your um your dating when you allow your um allow your mind to believe that your um success is tied to some somebody's paycheck or some other person is your source when it's really just a resource. So, yeah. And I love... Let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. Uh, Mm -hmm. During slavery, during slavery, Mm -hmm. there was... um, They kept track of how much cotton you picked. Mm -hmm. Right? Waited. Yes. Monday through Saturday. They wrote Mm -hmm. it down. That determined your worth as far as you being sold how much they could get for you. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So moving that to today, right, mm-hmm. you get a raise based upon your work evaluation, how yeah. well you do the work that you're assigned, 
Mm-hmm. Also, think about this. When you're achieving the metrics that they currently have set for you, what do they mm-hmm. do with those metrics? Raise the bar. Ah, without raising your pay. Yep. Because the What's goal the is not for you to be successful. The goal is for you Bam. to... Right. They want Bam. you to do... Yep. Yep. They want to and stress I Yep. I went through that at the dungeon when um I had three leadings. You know how we had like the court, the categories. When I was in the count liaison, I had three leadings. Do you know what my overall rating was? Um, wait, wait. Well, I forget what it was. It was leading, and there was what? So what you know, we one? had we had three categories. We had leading, performing, and developing. Right. That's it. That's it. Leading, yeah, performing, so. and developing. Yeah. Yeah, so as a as a account liaison, they rated you on three areas. So you got rated in each area. So my three areas, I was rated leading in. And then those three areas determined your overall rating, which also determined your bonus. So I which was leading. Which means that you were leading. Mm-hmm. Which I should have been leading, but my overall, they put me as performing. You know, I had to go to HR and fight that. How do you average three leadings to a performing? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Based yeah. upon your standards. Based on my standards that you put in place, I exceeded mm-hmm. all your standards. Mm-hmm. And you gave me an overall rating of performing. Like, make it make sense. You, I wouldn't have even fought it if I was performing in one area. But I wasn't performing in any areas. I was leading in mm-hmm. all three categories. So how do you think that I was going to sit here? And then, you know, they, pro- and they probably thought I just was going to accept it, but they just didn't know who they was dealing with. <laughs> like, what was the argument? You, what was the pushback they gave you? Um, I, I don't even remember how she tried to justify it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was like time and position or something like that, which I had been in a position like before our um before we got our reviews or whatever, you know, our um our you know, our annual performance reviews or whatever. I had to, mm-hmm. been in a position like six months or something like that, which is okay. more than enough time. You know what I'm saying? I could mm-hmm. see if it was like thirty days and I was leading or whatever, but I had been in a position for at least six months and I hadn't and I didn't start out leading. I had to fight my way up to, you know, leading after like the first two months. I was performing like the first two months and then I blew it out the park and they gave me all these jacked up accounts. So it was a miracle that I was even able to, but all the little things, the little tips and tricks that um, mm-hmm. my salesperson taught me to do, I did it, you know, cause like we were measured on stuff on like, um, you know, the number of lines that we were able to keep active and stuff like that. So instead of just, you know, like, remember, like, we got monitored on disconnections and stuff like that. So right. if we had, yeah, on as a count liaison, your goal was to make sure that clients weren't disconnecting their numbers and stuff like that. So instead of opening up new lines, I would, like, if a client was, like, I would look for lines that were inactive on run a report and any inactive lines or whatever, I would be like, um, oh, okay you know what, we're going to, instead of disconnecting, let's go ahead and um, make this, get us a new number or whatever, whatever. So that's how I was able to lead in that category. And they didn't like that because I was using the strategies y'all gave us. (laughs) But, yeah, so it was like, again, just putting a yoke around your neck to keep you from moving forward. They Um, are the perfect example of mm -hmm. modern day. And oh, I hate yeah. using, I used to hate using, you know, slavery, the word slavery or the term when it comes to corporate America and working every day. Yeah. But I, and I used to ask for forgiveness, you know, for it, for using it, mm-hmm. but I didn't see other, any other way to look at it. Yeah. Yes. I could not see another way to look at it. And that was, you know, the reason why I've always referred to that place as the dungeon and I refuse to call it out by, you know, say the name on my podcast mm-hmm. is because it stressed me to the utmost. Mm-hmm. It stressed me to get, it used to be at one point, this is how the job changed. It used to mm-hmm. be at one point that the hardest part of my day was to drive there and to drive home. Mm-hmm. That was That was actually the hardest part of my day. And then they just started making things progressively harder and harder and harder. And to mm-hmm. the point where there were certain people I didn't want to deal with, and there were certain personalities I couldn't stand, 
And then, mm-hmm. of course, the metrics on the job are getting harder and harder. And I'm like, wait a minute. When I first started here, I had no problem with any of this stuff. Now I can't, I can't even write my name. That's how bad right. it is now. You know, <clears throat> and when I left, literally I had mixed emotions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. But two, I ain't got to come back here tomorrow, dog. That's how it was. <laughs> I had both of those voices in my head at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You ain't got no job. Right. You married to a black woman. What you going to do, dog? Right. We ain't got to come back here, Bob, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> that voice kept on. I'll never forget. I came home that day, and I did call my wife to let her know, right? And then mm-hmm. I came home, and I did something that I hate doing. I went on and cut the grass. Mm. And I was at, I, I had a peace. I had mm-hmm. a certain peace that I could not have while I was there. I remember yeah. one time I was, uh, wasn't feeling well. My pressure had shot up on me, and at this time, I did not suffer from high blood pressure. But my pressure shot up on me, and to the point where I'm slouching over in my chair. So I call, I call, um, call my wife and let her know what's going on. I said, I'm going to make a doctor's appointment. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave for the day. I did. Left for the day, and when I tell you, Rain, that I started feeling better the further I got away from that place, heading to the doctor's office. Mm. By the time the doctor actually saw me, there was nothing wrong. Oh, wow. So it was just the whole anxiety of the situation. Yes. yes. The dungeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I had dreams about that place. I had this dream one time, and I had this dream. It was a reoccurring dream. I'm in jail, and I'm walking through the jail, you know, the, the jailhouse, and I'm like, how did I get here? And, of course, I can't get out. But I don't even know how in the hell I got here. But I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm literally stuck. And I'm like, how, do I the hell, how the hell did I get in here and how the hell do I get out? That's the only question I could ask. And I wound up having that. I've had that, I had that dream several times during my tenure there. Haven't had it since. Oh, wow. But I remember it like it was yesterday. But I haven't had that dream since. I remember having a dream one time where uh, this guy had asked me to join his group, right? And mm-hmm. I told him I would think about it. And this is how I got my answer not to join his group. I had a dream that we were he was driving the car and we were going 65 miles an hour backwards. So that was my answer. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that, bro. It might be, it might, I might be missing out on an opportunity. Yes, I might be missing out on an opportunity, but I got to pay attention to my dreams. And but mm-hmm. this dream, I'm in jail, and I'm like, how did I get here, and how do I get out? You know, so uh, that place did a number on me, big time. Yeah, I think it did a number on a lot of us. <laughs> that place was something else. Yeah. I know there was one girl that was there. She would be taking something. Uh, I think it starts with a Z. Is it a Zolax? Xanax. Xanax. Thank you. She mm-hmm. said she was taking that to take the edge <laughs> off. I'm like, take the edge off of what? <laughs> oh, my <That's> God. <laughs> yes. But that's what that's she, she said. She was taking Xanax to keep the edge off. Like, oh, my God. No, I haven't. <laughs> Ah, it sounds funny. It sounds funny, but really, it's you know. I'm, I guess it's good for our listeners. You know, just a little advice. If you're in a situation job wise and it ain't it ain't helping you, it's actually stressing you to the max. That's your answer. Get the hell out. Yeah, there's no job that's worth it. Because guess what? Unless it's your business, you're never gonna you're never going to actually own it. Mm-hmm. You're never going mm-hmm. to actually own it, and you're not going to become a millionaire off of it. Right. So, oh boy. Well, let me go ahead and start wrapping us up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoy just the two of us. Yeah, I'm, it's been a while since yeah. we've been able to break words. So, first mm-hmm. of all, we just want to let our listeners know um, that we are definitely sorry that we haven't been 
as consistent as we like, but our scheduling um, is the conflict with the scheduling has been crazy. But we're human and life happens, but we appreciate you sticking in there with us and continuing the ride. Um, you know that we are um, on the following platforms. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Stitcher, and Podvine. If you listen yep. to us on Spotify, we are asking for ratings. Um, well, they're asking for ratings, and we're asking that you give them. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the highest rating yep. that you could give is a five, and we would love it if we could get that five from you. But, again, we always want your gospel truth. So if you have any feedback, suggestions on what we could do better, Topic suggestions, if you are a black-owned business and you want to come on and break word with us and talk about your business, we invite you to do so by emailing us at thegospeltruthnobs at gmail.com. Again, that's thegospeltruthnobs at gmail.com. Okay. You having you want to tell the people? Uh, we miss y'all, and uh, we actually miss each other, too. So yes. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking when you said we haven't broken bread, no, broken word in a while. The first time we actually broke word together with you was you as a guest host um, mm-hmm. almost a year ago, almost a year ago now for Mother's Day. We had uh-huh. Sydney on. Yeah, that's right. I had two girls with me. Yeah. I had two girls with me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, indeed. But, um, um, as my brother always says, Open your mind. Well, I do want to give us a quote before we close out. Um, oh, our okay, brother cool. handed that. So um, I wanted to share this with you guys. Um, freedom is not worth having if it doesn't include the freedom to make mistakes. I'll say that one more time. Freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. Open your mind. Open your mind. God bless.